0: to Casting About, an audio podcast produced by Lincoln City Libraries in Lincoln, Nebraska. Casting About features book reviews, news, and commentaries from staff members throughout our library system. I'm Lisa from the Isley Branch, and I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me today are Charlotte, Scott, and Peter from Bennett Martin, and Becky from our Walt Branch. And I understand that we're going to be talking today about a special anniversary that happened in July, and that you have all brought books to talk about that pertain to the space program. Uh, Scott would you like to tell us a little bit about that anniversary sure.
1: uh, in July uh, we celebrated the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 mission which was the mission that took Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin to the surface of the moon and had the first man stepping foot on the moon so that's, that's the 50th anniversary that is most significant at the moment and for the next couple of years we'll be celebrating 50th anniversaries of all the other Apollo missions that followed after that but that first uh, one Small Step for Man, One Giant Leap for Mankind um, took place, I believe it was July 19th, is that July correct? 20th, July 1969
2: 20th, 1969, in the evening, late evening.
1: <laughs> and obviously there were some of us here who remember that, <laughs> uh, the plethora of materials that have been released on the Apollo program, whether it's Apollo 11 or 13 or 14 or 15 or whatever else, or the things that led up to Apollo 11, um, has just been explosive in the last couple of years as we came up to this particular anniversary. And so I think we all have a variety of different things. It could be a book or DVD to talk about today.
3: Charlotte,
0: you seem really excited about what you've brought. Why don't you start and and tell us about the book you have in front of you?
3: I brought one of my favorite books on the Apollo program. Um, and In fact, this was the first book that I read, which is strange because I'm a space cadet. If there was a a liftoff going on on TV, I was there watching it. I was watching the splashdowns. I watched all the programs about it. But I didn't stumble across any of the books until I found Lost Moon, The Perilous Journey of Apollo 13 by Jim Lovell. And it is a fabulous book. I just loved it. Um, He moves you through his career. You know, he starts out as a Navy pilot. He graduates from Annapolis and, and, you know, how he ends up in the space program. And in addition to being about... Apollo 13 and the events that led up to it, and what they think happened, and how they got through it, and so forth. It's actually Jim Lovell's autobiography. Like I said, it's he te- you learn about him going through Annapolis, and, and so forth. And it's also a fabulous history of the space program and NASA. You learn who the important people were who helped shape the program and lead the program, like Chris Kraft and Gene Kranz. And you also meet all of the astronauts. Now he's not telling you, uh, you know, all the little dirty stories behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get yucky gossipy stuff. He tells you, oh yeah, and then this happened, and I met so-and-so, and I had completely forgotten in reading this that uh, John Young, who we all know as having piloted the, the first space shuttle, that he was actually a Gemini astronaut. And as you're reading through this, you're like, oh, crap, that's right. He started with this. Um, so you're going to meet everybody in the program. And as for the science, I thought, oh, am I going to be able to do this because I'm not a science person. But he gives you the science as you need, and he makes it understandable. So you, my eyes were never glazed over with, early, I have to read this paragraph again. It didn't make any sense. He tells you <laughs> in enough real people terms what the science is why it was important here, why this worked instead of that, and why this needed to be done so that this would work. And he just made it all understandable.
1: So it's it's something that the layman would enjoy, basically?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, my only complaint is this was not told in a linear fashion. He didn't start out with, I was born in this town and went to this school, I did Annapolis, and I got married, and I was a Navy pilot, and then we did it was, it actually starts out with the alleged poison pill that all the astronauts have. So that if there's something wrong with the space where, you know, they can hear, they can just do themselves in and there you go. Uh, so he talks about, you know, really, there are, in space there are so many other ways that are better <laughs> if you want to need to commit suicide and be faster and so much better. And here's the science behind it. But then... If, you know then he'll go on to some part of a program and then he'll do a reminisce and then he'll jump ahead to something else but everything fits together really nicely but i'm the kind who likes to read ahead so if you wanted to read ahead to oh i want to he- he read about when they la- when they realize that they made it to earth safely and they were like you can't do that you can't go to where you think <laughs> in the book it's going to be <laughs> um, it's just you know you got to read the thing from beginning to end and like any good biography or autobiography. You have pictures and it is well researched. He had someone uh, write the book with him, uh, Jeffrey Klug, and you've got an index which still doesn't really help you jump ahead to the parts that you want, but that was my only complaint. This was a fabulous book overall telling you the
2: inside story of Apollo 13 and NASA history and about Jim Lovell. I'm going to jump into one of mine about it then because it's very similar in the construct and the, the depth of research and everything. it's uh, just came out recently, Shoot for the Moon by James Donovan. The subtitle is The Space Race and the Extraordinary Voyage of Apollo 11. So, I mean, this guy just poured over books and articles and spoke to people, and it's, it's wonderful. It's a hefty book. It's probably about twice as big as Charlotte's. But he goes, I mean, he goes in-depth into the history of the space program. There's a lot about Werner von Braun and all his rocketry work over in Germany before the war, during the war, after the war, when he comes to America. Um, he goes into, you know, and it's not excruciating detail. It's just enough, like you say, that you can comprehend it without being a total geek or a total scientist. You know, all the factoids are there. But he kind of does the same thing. He's breaking it down into the past and then the current you know this is apollo 12 you know 10 whatever and how a lot of it is how decisions were made about behind the scenes political decisions budget decisions personnel decisions who got along with who you get a, a, eventually you get a sense of the personalities of neil and buzz and michael collins and that to me that puts in these little pieces that you're like oh And you're like, okay. Uh, And then just to get more of the whole background, because I was 10 years old when they landed on the moon, and so I was aware enough at that point about, you know, what all this kind of would mean and everything. But, you know, you were just, when you hear things about how many pounds of fuel or how tall the rocket was or whatever, and it's like when you just watched it on your TV, it was like thrilling and awesome. But then when you actually see the details, it's like, whoa, how did they ever get this to work, you know? and that how they had to figure out how they were going to get to the moon and come back from the moon. Getting to the moon wasn't the hardest part. Getting back from the moon was the more difficult challenge. And,
1: and all with a computer system that's not even as sophisticated Correct. as in your modern-day smartphone Correct. today. So.
2: <laughs> not Your toaster <laughs> so, might have a more <laughs> sophisticated So And there are some good illustrations with it, but, yeah, I would, I would again, highly recommend it as a really reliable, I think, overview of you know not just the moon landing but what led up to it and then a little bit about what happened afterwards and how you know even before Apollo 11 the public interest was starting to drop because they're like oh they've already done that they've already done that you know it's like the attention span of a flea that a lot of people have but you know how how this was a uniting event for the entire world not just for the U.S. Thank you, Becky. That Shoot was... for the Moon by James Don
0: Scott, I see you have another Apollo-themed well, item there. I'd
1: like to invite Peter to contribute first because we've okay. both seen uh, one of the two DVDs that I um, had watched. There were two recent productions, one of which was released to theaters and one of which was done for television. One is a documentary, Apollo 11, which came out in theaters and then subsequently in, in streaming and and physical formats. The other was done for PBS and is called 8 days to the moon and back and Peter I'm curious to think or to hear what you thought of it. So.
4: Uh, I found it very enthralling to watch. It combines uh, news footage of the time. There's a lot of, of shots with uh, Walter Conkite doing his commentary with, with Wally Schirra sitting next to him. Shots of Nixon as he's you know, preparing to, to congratulate the, the astronauts and uh, speaking to them. Know, very long distance um, <laughs> and then of course shots of, of interviews of the three astronauts before the launch and the preparations shots of the uh, reactions of people from from around the world and all of that has probably been pretty much available one form or another for a long time but what was unusual about this is that they had pretty much complete audio recordings of, of everything that went on in the space capsule for the whole trip and then, of course then this was edited down for this production and then they filmed with actors filling in for the actual astronauts recreated what it would have been like uh, inside the capsule and inside the, the lunar excursion module for the whole whole trip and they did a remarkable job i was a little disappointed that the actors, for the most part, really didn't look like the people they were That was my big disappointment as well. Yeah. That, that, they base. kind
2: of looked like each other, which got confusing yes. to me. Yes. <laughs>
1: the thing I found fascinating was because they had all these archival audio recordings, they actually used those archival audio recordings, so the actors that performed were basically mouthing the words, but we didn't actually hear any of those three actors' own voices. It was all the original astronauts, and the actors were just basically lip sync. But, but
4: remarkably well very well no, there, you don't get any sense that no, they're they're faking it here it really seems like you're actually watching the astronauts
1: i i also appreciated the fact that um when they're supposedly quote off camera unquote uh these guys were kind of salty, and a and little, had had. I mean, they they weren't like <laughs> offensively salty, but they they had some interesting things to say. So. Well, they were sailors. Several of them no.
4: Right? No. They were in
0: the navy. navy. And, yep. and the airports, and yeah,
2: the airports, and
0: air force. Yes, the navy, they so. were. They
2: so. were.
1: I also enjoyed Eight Days to the Moon and Back, uh, which literally just came out this um, current year, 2019. Um, The one that I enjoyed more, I would have to admit, is the Apollo 11 documentary, which got the theatrical release, which basically uh, tapped into a bunch of recently declassified uh, video footage, some of which had never been seen before, and... Basically, is just a long-term documentary where eight long days to the form. moon, long-form documentary where um, eight days to the moon and back is a sixty-minute production, and honestly, I wished it had been much longer. It was yes, it was yes. so well done. A, a little. Apollo Apollo Eleven um, ends up being um, a little over ninety minutes. Um, the nice or the most interesting thing about the Apollo Eleven documentary is there's no narration. It is all exclusively using whatever commentary there was from people, uh, mostly recorded at the time. So you had news coverage footage. You had uh, interviews that had been conducted with astronauts and other space production personnel uh, at that time, um, all interspersed with uh, some of the most beautifully, uh, not necessarily restored footage, just footage that had never been seen before. So it it really was a very impressive thing, especially on the big screen, but having watched it also on television... Yeah, it, very it, it,
2: immersive. Very immersive.
1: That way. So. Becky, did you have one more? I do. Then um, I have I have a, a cherry to put on top of the dessert at okay. the very end. So.
2: Well, this is actually a young people's novel. Um so like middle grade, senior grades maybe, most middle grade. It's I Love You, Michael Collins. And titles are the main thing that will attract me to something unless I see an image that I recognize or like it's the title that grabs me. I'm like, what is this about? And this is actually a Golden Sower nominee for the current year's uh, Golden Sower Awards. And it's a completely charming book. It's about little Mamie, 10 years old, in 1969. That rang the first bell for me. (laughs) Ding! (laughs) And there is a class project the teacher wants them to do to write to one of these three astronauts that's scheduled to go up and land on the moon. And all the girls who want to marry an astronaut want to write to Neil Armstrong because he's handsome and he's nice and everything. And little Mamie hasn't held up her hand and the teacher goes, I think we're missing somebody. And so she's like, she's kind of a little independent, free spirit. I'm going to write to Michael Collins. And they all laugh at her because Michael Collins isn't going to get to go to the moon. He has to go around the moon. So then the book is a series of her letters. She doesn't write just one. She keeps writing to Michael Collins throughout the summer until the moon landing. And so she's writing to him about why she thinks he's the best astronaut and starts to write about her best friend, Buster from next door, who's a total space geek. And this reminded me of, even though they're 10 years old, when I was in kindergarten, a little boy that rode the bus with me carried around a field guide to, I think, amphibians or something this kid was the brainiest little kid (laughs) and he was five years old so that kind of put me in mind of having that friend myself and it's also chronicling how her parents start to have problems in their marriage and their relationship and it's a little to me it was a little bit disturbing because we sort of get into parental neglect and abandonment for a portion of the story and I'm kind of like this would not fly today (laughs) But this was the late 60s. So, you know, people's attitudes and decision-making was kind of undergoing sea changes.
1: But she always had Michael Collins to fall back on. She always had
2: Michael Collins to write to and her pal Buster. And her cat <laughs> Another cat. her other she had two older sisters who are quite a bit older 16 year old sister and like a 19 or 20 year old sister and that was another touch point for me because I'm the baby of the family my sister and brother are eight and nine years older respectively so I identified with that so there were more bells ringing for me and they were named Bess and Eleanor apparently mom and dad had a thing for the first, the ladies, first ladies of the United yeah. States <laughs> <Maybe. Yeah. laughs> so anyway it's, like I say, I just found it totally charming. It brings up some important issues of relationships and family dynamics and, and how you cope with things and how Mamie coped with basically having no parent in the home for about a week or more and how the um, Buster's mother, who was kind of the flamboyant mom in the neighborhood, actually turned out being the most grounded person around. <laughs> So I would highly recommend anybody can read this and get something out of it. I Love You, Michael Collins, and it's by Lauren Baratz-Logstead.
0: Thank you very much, Becky. Is that...
2: Oh,
1: I I have one one final thing Uh, for our Apollo-themed episode of Casting About. uh, Here's a little tidbit to finish you off with. The Lincoln City Libraries has a very unique resource that um, researchers into the Apollo 11 mission may not be aware of and I highly encourage you to come and explore. We have on a microfilm reel the Apollo 11's moon landing. It is a collection of newspaper and magazine articles from the weeks of the Apollo mission. Uh, For people who are doing research on Apollo 11, there's tons of books out there that capture the, the feelings after the fact. But if you're looking for something that provides you with the sense of immediacy, the things that were being published at the moment that that mission took place, when all the historical things were taking place, uh, this, this reel of microfilm, which is available at our downtown Bennett Martin Public Library, has articles from the Chicago Tribune, the Denver Post, the Houston Chronicle, the New York Times, and the Washington Post, as well as Life. Look, National Geographic, Newsweek, Sky and Telescope, Time, and U.S. News and World Report. Um, it really just gives you a snapshot in time that is completely unforgettable. And I, speaking as one of our researchers here at the Downtown Library, in the weeks leading up to the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, we had several researchers coming in to exclusively make use of this particular resource because you're not going to find it anywhere else. Uh, there's a lot of magazines and newspapers which have some things online, uh, and that's great for the digital age, uh, but this is a resource that is not duplicated in its entirety anywhere. I would highly encourage you, if you're an Apollo 11 fan or a space program fan, to come to our downtown library and take a look at it on our microfilm machines.
0: That is exciting. Thank you, Scott. I didn't know that we had that. <laughs> that's That's a great resource to tell people about. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming down and sharing all of these great reading suggestions. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Casting About. Please remember that you can subscribe to receive Casting About in your RSS feed, and you can leave comments about this or any other library podcast by visiting lincolnlibraries.org slash category podcasts. The next time you're casting about for a good book, CD, or download, visit your local library in person or online.